everybody, Mitch Bailey with the Bradenton Times, and we are back with another episode of the Bradenton Times podcast. I am joined by TBT local government reporter Don Kitterman, and we've had another uh, wild week in Manatee County politics, haven't we? We've, we've had more business. <laughs> so, where to start? Um, well, uh, this week there was no regular meeting on Tuesday, so we had a land use meeting on Thursday. Um, that resulted in the deletion of the north central overlay from the land development code. Uh, and this, this uh, overlay impacts uh, roughly 72,000 acres in East Manatee, a uh, large portion, if not all of Parrish. I'm not, I'm not quite sure where Parrish's boundaries are. Um, so, so that was interesting. It was an interesting uh, process to even get to that vote. Yeah, we <laughs> we saw a lot of like a little bit of a roller coaster there with a lot of politics involved, and it didn't really start to become obvious until late. So, w- what was the we the you have the PCA, the Parish Community Association, which mm-hmm. has long been the like largest organized voice of the parish community, and has generally been you know, active in all kinds of development issues and community issues and spoken on behalf. And it's very, very engaged with the community. So it's not just like this little, you know, fiefdom or anything like that. It's it's representative, I would say. It's always been kind of viewed that way. And the PCA weighs in. And what was their thoughts on the on the overlay district? So this go around, because mm-hmm. they, they weighed in and were a part of the process and the original impl- yeah. Im- implementation and adoption of the overlay. Um, but this go around, their official opinion was that it was time to remove it, that it had served its purpose, and now it was too restrictive to support the rapid growth, the rapid residential growth right. that was happening in the area. Because it uh, dealt primarily with commercial development. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I understand, I think that there were certainly aspects that uh, impacted residential, uh, like there was something about pool cages and whether or not it could be seen from the road. Um, And and, but there were also written into the code, like many things in government, there's room for exceptions to be granted, Mm -hmm. and applications, you know, for waivers on some of these things. Um, So I, I think Ultimately, my understanding is, is that the North Central overlay in 2005, when it was originally adopted, its goal was to try and protect and preserve the aesthetic of the area so that development going forward would be cohesive with, um, you know, the aesthetic heritage of the rural community of Parish and to... um, the NCO specifically, to add additional regulations, more restrictive regulations on top of what was already contained in the Land Development Code, which would do things like create further buffers, uh, more greenery between, say, business buildings or signage in the highway. But it went a little bit too far on commercial, as you're saying. In the end, my understanding from watching all the hearings on it is that it didn't do anything to stop the neighborhoods and the residential boom that's happened out there. That's happened and it's continuing to happen and it's right, exploding. Right. But what it has stopped is small businesses and commercial So we have an imbalance in terms of the amount of 
services that are then available exactly. to all of this growing residential. Because I hear that a lot out there is that we're building more and more and more and more and more and more and more houses. We don't have enough grocery stores. We don't have enough um, of all the, the, the sort of uh, commercial retail development that you need to support that in a close distance. And that's another thing, like we saw this in Lakewood Ranch until there was more that what ends up happening then is it contributes to worsening traffic problems exactly. because people have to drive so far to get to those stores. Um, it becomes problematic. Exactly. And uh, Commissioner Cruz said in yes in yesterday's yeah, today's Friday, yesterday's uh, land use meeting when he addressed some citizen concerns. I guess they're in the kind of the ninth hour. Suddenly there was this flood of. Um, public comment and and people speaking up in opposition of the removal. Um, and he expressed his perspective that many of those in opposition perhaps were misunderstanding that the NCO neither did anything to prevent or to encourage residential development in any significant way that doing away with it or keeping it isn't going to impact isn't going to change that but what it is changing is the access to commercial amenities to support the growth of all the now, people who are one out of there the and things want them. that was kind of interesting the political part so this mm -hmm. wasn't an issue for a while this this was all kind of moving forward there was a lot of conversation about this um and then one particular commissioner started all of a sudden expressing a whole bunch of concern about that. That was County Commissioner Vanessa Baugh. Well, yes, that's true. And it's not her district. It's not we her district. It's uh, County Commissioner James Satcher's district. district well, in James, near as I can tell. So I have gone back and, and reviewed because like you said, yes, this has been ongoing. This idea or proposal to remove and do away with delete the NCO regulations entirely began under the previous board. And since 2020, the, the formation of this board, the process has continued to include, you know, uh, directives, votes by the board to direct staff to hold public workshops to go out and, and you know, speak to the community and come back with presentations explaining to the board the pros and cons. All of which has happened. All of yeah. which has happened over more than a, a year. long period of time. Correct. And then all of a sudden. And then sometime in the last work session, I believe it was a work session, uh, James Satcher did raise some, he, he shares that, you know, in the beginning, the first work session we had back in, gosh, I don't have the timeline in front of me for the dates, but I want to say it was in August. Um, he was like, at that time, I was under the understanding that it was basically unanimous, citizen-wise, that everybody was kind of in agreement. The NCO had served its time, and now it was just getting in the way. And um, he's like, but since that time, I have heard from a few constituents who aren't so thrilled with the idea of deletion. And, and so at that point, James said, you know, I kind of want more information. And actually, I do remember now this was a this was a board meeting because it was when they were making the vote to advance it to the next stage, which was the land use meeting on March 3rd. So that was a that vote was a directive to the staff. They came back March 3rd with a presentation, and then the final vote was on April 7th. So at that point, he said he actually voted no. Everybody else voted 
yes, let's keep moving this mm-hmm. forward. He said no, I, and and he didn't really say. Yeah, he didn't communicate what a he lot wa- of what he wanted that. to have happen in place of. Right, right. Um, because prior to that, his public comments had been very much like pro removal of it because he was saying, "Yes, this is a problem. We don't have commercial, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and exactly. small businesses. This is an issue." Um, so, so, what point is Commissioner Ball? So then, at March the March third meeting, they convene again, and Commissioner Baugh interjects in the conversation, the discussion around the matter, saying, well, asking the staff member, who at the time was Lisa Wenzel, so she's the planning manager who has since resigned her position, and she resigned actually like the week after this meeting, Mm -hmm. Um, and we wrote about that. Yeah, and she seemed to have some frustration with the way this played out. Correct. That's included, some mention of that is included in her resignation email. So she gives her presentation, Baugh then asks of her, the staff, well, what does the community want? And you can kind of visibly see that Wenzel's perplexed by that question as though like- We've gone through this for a year. We've We've gone through this, also not my job. Like my job as a staff is to follow your directives. We did that. We've been in communication and collaboration with the PCA, which is something we've done all the way going back to- you know, forever, creation how long, right. right? And the creation of this this thing. And so, you know, she, and, and what Wetzel didn't say that I was thinking in the moment was, well, well isn't that the commissioner's jobs to know and be outreaching right, specifically exactly. yeah. to their constituents and kind of encouraging, right. email prefer, us, give us you, feedback. You have given us a direction. We have done the community engagement that you've asked, that, right. that we've laid out for you. So then, so then Commissioner Baugh really kind of drives in on the, the PCA is not the community, they're an association. And then she goes on to say, I don't even know who the PCA is. Like, I don't even know who sits on that board anymore. I should probably look it up when I get home. Interesting, because we did, and we found some people who might not be (laughs) favorites of Commissioner Baugh. Correct. Who who might they be? Well, um, the current president is Jennifer Hamey. Oh, by the way, filed the Ethics Commission complaint against Commissioner Baugh for vaccine gate. One of the 18. Mm -hmm. And now, and to be clear, she did so prior to being the president yes, of the PCA. Yes, yes. This, th- that complaint was filed more, complaint, more than yeah, a year no, ago. No, no, it's unrelated. unrelated. Absolutely, right. Um, also sitting on that board. Is, and she's a Republican, it should be noted. So she's not like a on, on the opposite party of Commissioner Baugh. No. Um, also sitting on that board is former county administrator Sherry Coriat. Oh, interesting. Who is a resident of Parrish. And coincidentally, because of the 18 complaints, and, and again, let's be clear about this. Had Jen Hamey not filed the complaint, there were still 17, 17 others, others. Right, right. all of which have been included sure. in the whole process and on the docket and being consolidated together. So right. so with or without, yes, it, it would have gone forward. So, not, not saying it wouldn't have, just saying though that there's two people that clearly she's not politically allied to. Correct. Right. Um, and so also I think it's worth noting as far as timing, when we're looking at the fact that 
you know, what is it we, Priscilla Trace on that board as well? She, she is. Mm, another one. Yeah. And, and yes, and and if, if you don't know, she is the former commissioner or district for one. District who James one Thatcher upset defeated. in the in the um, primary and not a current favor of Commissioner Paul either. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, looking around, not a lot of reasons but, politically but like let's, Baugh. But let's be clear: what Commissioner Boss said in the meeting was she has no, no idea, idea who's who on are. that board. But she's suddenly very interested in the parish community outside her district and whether they're getting fairly represented by the PCA. Well, and, and this is the other point I wanted to make about potential political aside of the president, Jennifer Haney. If you go back to or after there was the ethics complaint or maybe it was kind of roughly at the same time, there was also a criminal complaint filed in relation to Baugh's decisions and directives to staff concerning the vaccine pop-up. And out of that, we got the Manatee Sheriff investigative report, which ultimately found no criminal wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. However, it did contain a transcript of the, the persons they interviewed mm -hmm. close to the case. And at that time, Sherry Corrier was our county administrator right. when all of that happened. She was interviewed and will so likely she, have to testify in the ethics that case. That is the yeah. point I'm making. And we also know that that ethics case date has now been yes. scheduled. Um, so that's moving forward. And even that is though, next month, correct? Uh, or late this month. No, it's later no, this month, right? No, no, no. It's in, uh, it's the first week of all, it's like August uh, oh, 9th to 11th. It. So it's a little ways off yet, but it is coming. Um, so I, I do think that is interesting. Very much. Now that leads us into something else then that happens. So during commissioner comments, we have a situation where, Commissioner Whitmore brought up some comments that had been made by County Administrator Scott Hopes Correct. at the uh, town, hall. town hall meeting that actually Commissioner Baugh at one point suggested to Satcher in yeah. that March 3rd meeting. Yeah. And, and this is connected directly to this NCO issue right. because in that March 3rd meeting, when Baugh brought up the, hey, I'm kind of concerned that maybe we're giving the PCA too much authority here, they aren't you know, they're not your, the representatives of that community, Satcher. Satcher piggybacked off that and, and confirmed, hey, I was put in here by the residents. I represent them. I'm the one who should be speaking or advocating for them. And so then boss suggests to him, hey, maybe you should have a town hall and go out and, and collect the opinions of your constituents, which is kind of bizarre because We've had a year to do right, this. Right, right. We've got all this community <laughs> engagement. And no, let's, let, let's come back with the answer we want. Now, TBT sent Don Kitterman to this meeting, um, and it sounded like it was a real shit show. <laughs> well, yes. And so let me just be clear, too. I, I didn't go to the meeting. Like, I know that I'm always like sure. on the clock for these things, but I really didn't go to the meeting with the intention that I was going to turn around and do written reporting on right. it. More than anything I wanted, I, I was expecting, my understanding was there was going to be an in-depth conversation and explanation about the NCO and I wanted to learn more. And I also wanted to be there to hear for myself mm -hmm. what the citizens had to say about it at this point. Um, None of that really happened. <laughs> They're really, I mean, in fairness, I arrived about 12 minutes late because big shock traffic. <laughs> I mean, literally, I got stuck in a mess. Everybody looking for grocery stores. I left with plenty of time. Google said I should have been right? there like five minutes early. I showed up 14 minutes late or 13 minutes late. 
Anyhow, I may have missed something in the beginning, perhaps. I've asked other people who were in attendance, did I miss anything, including my friend who I was there with, who is a parish resident. Um, and she said, no, you really haven't missed anything. When I walked in, um, I cannot remember his name, but he he works under Courtney DePaul. So Courtney DePaul was there. Um, she's the new director of development services, um, a gentleman who works I think almost immediately under her, but I could be wrong about that. He was at the podium speaking, so I didn't catch his name. Uh, I don't know if he's a, a newer employee or not. Perhaps no. And then um, there were numerous other staff there. Uh, Chad Butzkow. Yeah, uh, surprised by how much staff. There was a lot of was, staff. Was... And the agenda was more than just the NCO, which was a surprise to me. They also wanted to talk about infrastructure, which is why Butzkow is, is am I saying that right? I believe so was there. Um, and then also Charlie Bishop was there for mm -hmm. parks because that was kind of the end agenda yes. item. They were going to talk about parks, which is where we're getting right. to what Hope said. Um, it was interesting. The meeting doesn't go great from what you tell me. No, so no. There's and a Q&A. Right. Well, not sort of. <laughs> no, because there wasn't really any organization there, as I could right. tell. It, you kind of had I don't want to say mob because that's kind of melodramatic, but you had a group of clearly disgruntled citizenry. Mm -hmm. There and were several people from the dev upcoming development that we're going to be covering uh, late Cross this month Creek. and next. Cross Creek. And they did try to bring yeah. that up, but they were told appropriately right, by Commissioner right. Satcher, you know, that's a quasi-judicial. I, yeah. I can't comment on that. But there were many others. I will say in my perspective, my opinion, the overall tone from the audience really didn't have anything to do with the NCO specifically. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of a blanket disapproval, dissatisfaction with the overdevelopment in Parish and Out East. Mm -hmm. and, and there was a lot of, um, you know, accusations toward the staff and comments being hurled such as, why do you always give the developers everything they want? You just, you know, the developers always get yes and we get screwed and, you know, this kind of thing. Um, Pretty consistent theme in Manatee County, but go ahead. Yeah, pretty consistent. But again, I didn't really get from it what I was hoping to get mm -hmm. from that meeting. I, I kind of more got... Right, but a couple of key things happened. So you have yes. a... Now, at some point, the county PIO takes over and starts... PIO. Yes. Public information officer? Oh, okay, yes. Um, I, takes we, over and starts passing the microphone around. Okay, so that was interesting. Yeah. So when I arrived, he wasn't, so that is Bill Logan. Mm -hmm. um, he's new to the county. He's come over from ABC7. We've we've mentioned his his role before. I believe he took over for Nick. Um, Azera, yes. Correct, who's now, what is with he? The, with Elliot Falcone at the convention. Visit correct. Bureau, right. Okay, so, so Mr. Logan is there. When I first enter the room and seat, and, you know, things are getting, pretty tense, it's disorganized, they're shouting out. Um, he, I don't see him. And then he kind of swoops into the room with a microphone and there's no introduction of who he is. And again, he's new to the county. Mm -hmm. um, and he begins taking the microphone kind of around to try to control, mm -hmm. um, not control what they're saying, but to bring order to the discussion. And um, he's holding the microphone for different people and cutting off other people. And he's being a little abrasive, not, you know, when, when residents are trying to, if you will, give their backstory, because there were no ground rules. There was no like, hey, you only get three minutes right, or hey, right. try to stick to, you know, so people are 
airing their grievances. They think they're in a town hall and they're speaking to their commissioner right. is what they came for. And he was doing, Bill Logan, was in, in the process of trying to bring order to that, was then cutting people off when they were speaking and saying, do you have a question? Do you have a question? Well, that didn't go over real yeah. well. People got frustrated. Um, the first person who responded to that uh, aggressively, if you will, said, I do have a question. Who the hell are you? <laughs> and then at that point, Bill Logan introduces himself and says, oh, I'm Bill Logan. I'm the, you know, the PIO. And, um, and I could hear somebody else in the audience was like, PIO, he's the public relations guy. And, right. You know, I mean, it was, it was not, <laughs> it was quite the spectacle. So they're thing. venting the thing's not going well. And then lo and behold, at some point, um, Scott Hopes arrives. Well, so there was an incident, and I won't name the citizen because I don't know him personally, but I am aware of who he is because he speaks publicly often. There was a citizen at one point who Bill Logan had provided the mic to to speak. Uh, he was pretty aggressive in his statements. I honestly can't even remember what exactly he was saying uh, specifically speaking to. Um, and Bill Logan tried to interject and shut him down. The gentleman told him, look, I, I pay your your salary, and I'm here to speak to my commissioner, so no, you're not shutting me down, and then took the mic and refused to give it back to Bill Wogan while he was finishing his comments. And sometime after that incident, uh, I turn and I see County Administrator Hope standing in the doorway. Now, mind you, at this point, there's about 15, 20 minutes left of this town hall. It was scheduled for an hour. So the obvious question is, does somebody call him and say, this isn't going well? <laughs> I mean, if you're asking me the question, I'm going to say that was exactly Probably, my permission right. in the moment. That was my impression was this was off the rails. Somebody's got, and then he swoops in and he starts off by, you know, assuring everybody in the room that he and, uh, the current board, specifically Satcher, is, uh, you know, doing a lot of great things for the community. They really speed, sped up, you know, um, infrastructure projects, which was, I guess, single-handedly something that Hope's put into place to make that so. Um, and he says at one point, and I noticed when I entered where I was sitting, I had a straight-line view to two people I recognized sitting in the back. Now, I never spoke to them while I was there, um, and they never spoke during the town hall, but Sherry Corrier and Priscilla Trace were sitting there. I would assume so because they are on the PCA, and this was supposed to be about the NCO. But when Hopes took to the front of the room, now I have no idea, maybe he didn't see that they were back there, but he told the room... Um, in fact, Satcher has done more in his one year than the prior administration or commissioner accomplished, you know, during their entire term. Wow. And, I, and I looked, yeah, I looked over like, is there going to be any response to that? Like, like I wanted to see physically sure. if they had some sort of a reaction because I'm sitting there like, okay, this is already a really kind of tense shit show. Yeah. You're just walking in on the scene and now you're going to drop Throw bombs that like right. that into this scenario. Like what are, what is the end goal here, people? So we move on from that and, and go into uh, hopes, then introduce Butzow, who uh, speaks to the infrastructure changes, which some of that did not go over well because then he explains, Chad does, uh, explains 
you know, what's coming, the changes to the major roads out there. What is it? Moccasin Wallow and Fort Hammer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was Moccasin Wallow that he said will eventually be a six-lane highway. Was that Moccasin Wallow or Fort Hammer? I can't remember which one's which. I I don't go out to that area enough. One of the two of those is getting a roundabout. There's many things happening. And again, this presentation is coming to a room of people who clearly... 80% of them are there because they're angry about development. Overdevelopment, yeah. Right. And so while this in some ways might seem like something they'd want to hear because, hey, it's going to, you need the infrastructure, it's going to help with traffic flow, it's going to be an evacuation route. Many in the room, from my perception, heard that as, so you're bringing us more development. Right. (laughs) And and also another uh, resident in the room questioned, well, who's paying for these major projects? And, um, you know, it was it was answered by Hopes and Satcher that and and uh, the director of, of development services uh, or public works, excuse me, um, that there's federal funds, there's grants, but there's also a portion coming from local taxpayer dollars. And of course, federal funds is taxpayer dollars as well. And this citizen responded with, so let me get this straight. Taxpayer money is paying to beef up infrastructure so that it can be supportive of more development in our area. So I am paying to make this area more compatible. If you're in Manzi you are paying to subsidize growth all of the time. Correct. You're padding the bottom line of developers every year. So from there, we moved on to the part that I think Hopes was specifically showing up to be a part of. And that was the, now we're going to tell you the really good stuff, parks. And there was a gentleman who came up. He was actually quite pleasant. I enjoyed his presentation very much. I wish that I knew his name for you. Um, And he started his presentation by like (laughs) kind of uh, waving the white flag to the crowd going, hey, guys, (laughs) I'm the guy you all like. (laughs) Remember that. Like I'm the one who builds the parks and builds the piers and I do all the good stuff around here. It It was very funny. He was chuckling. Everybody was chuckling. So then he starts talking about the... Parish Central Park, is that what it's called? Yes. And and Hopes interjects in in that in a portion of that and explains to the room that in fact phase two of that park, and I'm just going totally on what was shared with us that night. I don't know the backstory. Phase two of that park via Hopes was that was of issue. There was some question whether or not they would ever even be able to to provide phase two because per what Hopes was saying. It, it was in the hands of FDOT and there was some sort of negotiation that needed to take place and there was maybe going to be a land slop in play. But then he tells everybody in the room, but great news, you guys are the first to hear it. And and me and Satcher didn't even orchestrate this, but it just so happens. Satcher took one of the guys from FDOT out to dinner and they had a pleasant conversation. And I, unbeknownst that Satcher had done so, make a phone call in the next day or the following days and kind of lay down the, hey, enough is enough, you know, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. And then we just found out they're just going to give it to us. They're going to give us the land. Now we got phase two. It's all thanks to me and Satcher. And you guys are going to get this awesome park. And from there, he begins talking about the most interesting part. And this is what Carol Whitmore was referencing in the meeting on Thursday. He then begins telling the room, you're going to be the first to hear this. This is hot off the presses. 
But we have been, I have been in communication with a local family who has land they'd like to sell. They do not want to sell it to developers. We're in negotiation to acquiesce this land. And we are... Acquire the land. Acquire the land. And we are... um, We've got big plans for that land. And he begins explaining that uh, the, the $20 million approved sheriff's facility. Now, he, he's not specific, but what my understanding was, if there, there's been no discussion in any board hearing that I've seen about any land purchase of a family no. that's upcoming in that area. Right. Okay. And so if you don't have approval to move forward on that, and there's been no discussion of the board as to what that land will be used for. How can you already have 20 million for a police, for a sheriff facility on that property? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So sure. when he said that, I was like, what could he be taught? And then I thought, oh, I bet it's the 20 million that was approved for the sheriff facility that was supposed to go on the Lena Road property, right? Because that was what, a landfill, a sheriff facility, mm-hmm. and that's all... That's prior work of the prior board. So anyhow, then he moves on and he starts saying, you know, and also I'm going to request another $5 million from the board and we're going to harden that sheriff's facility and we're going to build a gymnasium and you guys need a hurricane shelter. And also, we're going to work with developers. And when I say we're, he, the county is going to work with developers to develop a parish town square on this land. That confused the heck out of me because I'm like, how is that going to work? Like the county's going to lease land to developers. The county's going to be a developer now. What are we doing exactly? And I also knew that there had been previous mention of there being a desire for a parish town square because that was something the PCA had been working on for, for I yeah. think, years. Um so it was all very interesting. I, it was out of left field. Unfortunately, you know, while Hopes did refrain from saying the name of the family who owns the property, he described in detail the location of the property. So while I didn't have reference by the time I walked out of Everyone there. Everyone that lived there did, yeah. Yes. It was and very clear who that family was. And I don't know for sure. I've never spoken to this family. Mm-hmm. But I have also heard that that family maybe wasn't ready to be making public announcements that things weren't a done deal, which is also interesting too, because another thing that Hope said when he presented all of this, he told the room right now, there is a purchasing agreement for this property that should be on the desk of the attorney, which I thought, how can that be? How do we, how do we get to the point that there's already all this planning and all that? And and none of us have ever heard anything about this ever being brought up in a in a board meeting. There's been no actions. There's been no directives. Um, so that I was very confused by all of that. I also found it interesting in light of the fact that, again, um, and this is kind of going back into to background stuff, but I think most of our listeners are aware of it. The former administrator was sitting in the room the former administrator was removed in large part, the explanation we were given for why she needed to go was because it was of the opinion of the incoming new board members that she played some sort of inappropriate role or too much of a leadership role in the purchase of Lena Road. 
right? Do you remember yes. all of yes. this? Oh, of course. Right. And so now here we have an administrator. Right. So let's go into the post it's that Betsy Benack made. Do you have, can you pull that up? Oh, it was an email. Okay. It was an email. This was interesting because, so to give a little bit of recap, this new board, uh, the majority that joined Commissioner Baugh, so Commissioner Satcher, Commissioner Van Osterbridge, Commissioner Cruz, campaigned on the idea that there was some sort of sweetheart deal done with the Lena Road, that it was worth a fraction of what the county paid for it. We've reported thoroughly on this. Um, you know, I if anyone is going to be open-minded to counties and governments of any kind being irresponsible fiscally, it is myself, as anyone who's read my column knows, uh, I went in, if, if I had a confirmation bias going in, it would be that, okay, let's look at why they paid too much. Um, and really, to be honest, I, I, I couldn't find anything I didn't like about the investment that they made. And then each time, including when I put your crews in here, um, when I interviewed Commissioner Satcher, each time I tried to pin down specifics with people on what they felt was wrong, I couldn't get them to, to really say anything. Um, to Specifically to uh, uh, answer, to respond to the points that I made on why it was a good deal. Um, can I can I interject sure. something here? This is something I've put in my own mind that I want to like. I'm going to pay attention and watch for because of going back to what I said about hopes talking about the twenty dollars twenty million approval for the sheriff facility, which it now apparently is planned. I, I don't to know go that. that I don't know that the same one. So let's let's not confuse it, anybody with that. Well, it, it may not be right. It may not be. But the the reason I bring that up is because I'm going to watch for. At some point, will it come before the board? Will there be a discussion to, because remember, going way back, there was some mention about, I think it was Kevin Van Austinbridge specifically said, we're going we're gonna to piece part or sell off the Lena Road at a loss. So what I'm going to be watching for is I'm really curious whether or not, you know, is it, is it possibly a part of the plan that some of Lena Road might be sold off in order to get the money needed to make the purchase from this family? I don't know. Well, maybe let's, maybe let's the say, family is donating. Let's say, let's say one more thing here. Let's make one more point. Uh, given the inflation in land price rates right. over the last two years, that deal looks considerably better now than if you were to go out. Because that was one of the points that we brought up was that if you bought these land parcels piecemeal for you know, public works and the sheriff's mm -hmm. uh, station and all the different things we needed, you were not, even in those prices, going to find, first of all, most of them didn't exist. Uh, there weren't footprints big enough for these things to exist. Um, and then if you would have bought a piecemeal, we showed that, oh, wow, it would have cost more. Uh, imagine trying to go out and buy it. And that's what we even said at the point. Well, we don't need all of it now. Well, again, go try to buy it in five, six, seven years. It didn't even take that long. Well, and that, that, and that, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm speaking to you because it has it, it now come into my, in my mind. Okay, so if we start hearing discussion that a portion of that's going to be sold off, if it's going at a profit, then clearly... The original argument was, was great. Yeah, yeah, didn't uphold. Right, which right? it didn't in the first place. But let's go ahead and read the. So I yeah. So I found this this email, which was um, from former sent, and Manatee it was, County Commissioner Betsy Benack to the board and administrator, and and it was shared online. That's yes. that's how I have a copy. Um, she writes, "How absolutely ironic 
The BOCC fired Sherry Corrier for saying that she ran with the Musgrave property without BOCC approval, which of course was absolutely untrue as the funding, the use, and the purchase were discussed numerous times in public meetings as well as being enumerated in the CIP. What is absolutely true is that Administrator Hopes, in fact, described his vision for a place of for a piece of privately owned property which is not in the CIP, no funding has been approved by the BOCC, and per the property owners, oh, this might be where I heard this, has not been publicly discussed in any way for acquisition by the county for the elaborate plan laid out by the county administrator. Is there really a purchase agreement in the COA without any direction from the BOCC? Uh, and then she goes on and links to... Um, a video clip, one of the residents who was there at the town hall has, I would say, probably about three-quarter of, of what Hope shared on this property. And I guess, because I did not see Betsy Banak in the room mm -hmm. that night, so I guess that that is where she Yeah, I've watched the video, that. and it was quite a bit of information. Correct. And so this comes up in the meeting. Whitmer brings it up on Thursday, and... You know, she's very careful to say how I'm not trying to say anything was wrong and I agree with this and I support it, but, you know, we, we should process, vote on this. Process, yes, process, yes. always. And, you know, it was the second time where, and again, clearly, this is not the way you do business. This is not, you don't go, uh, Commissioner Cruz brought up a good point when it's like, you know, look, now you've promised this. Right. You know, so if it doesn't work out, now you've got a problem. Right. Um and that's just one of the reasons why you don't show up at a meeting and say, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this when things are, you know, to maybe to maybe get the meeting on a more positive direction. Right. Because <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, so even if we all support this, one, you shouldn't be that far without approval. But then also, you know, this isn't the venue to announce and discuss this with the public before we're even, you know, close. Well, well, and what's close the deal on what this. seemed clear by the end by those end comments was that some commissioners seem to have a pretty clear understanding of what hopes was referencing, while other commissioners are like, "Well, I knew that there was maybe a family, but like." Well, Commissioner Ball was very. Interesting I didn't know any she, of the she rest stood of up it. The most full throated and said nothing was was done wrong here, and this is not before anyone says it. This is nothing like the Lena Road deal. She right. didn't specifically say Lena Road, but you could tell what she was referring to. Nothing like that other one, um, and it, so that 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 was very. Fascinating. Uh, we also got a little dig in there because then it was, you know, well, you know, this is going to be in the newspapers and people go, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in Sunday's paper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure um, she was referencing it's us. not, but it's on the podcast, well, I guess, and, and because you I, guys brought it up. And can, again, can I just go back and say that you knew I was going to try and make it to that town mm -hmm. hall. Didn't know if I was going to get there for sure. Didn't think that probably I'd have anything to report. I was mostly there to spectate. I was with my friend. I was hoping to learn something. By the end of it, I knew that some things had happened that probably were report worthy, but I also was grappling with one. I didn't have all the details and information. I could tell some things were being said that maybe not everybody was on board with or knew about referencing this, this property deal because I knew it had never come up in a meeting. And the last thing I wanted to do was to further go out and share the announcement and, and to reference of what you're saying with Commissioner Cruz. I didn't want to be any part of the responsibility in misleading residents or confusing anybody about what may or may not be coming 
if I thought there was a chance the process hadn't been followed. Mm. And I thought so in that situation. That was my take at the moment. Yeah, not, nothing that violates policy. It's just not good business. And this is, again, where you have somebody who's coming really mostly from private enterprise and appointments that and I'm talking about Administrator Hopes, who doesn't have relevant experience as a public administrator, S certainly not of a you know, uh, magnitude of, of a county administrator. Um, and it's just, it's not a good way to handle things. And I, I think someone who's a little bit egotistical and, and doesn't like being sort of, you know, in that uncomfortable environment of that meeting um, thinks, okay, I'm going to save the day here, uh, but didn't think that one all the way through and clearly was not, uh, you know, good, good etiquette uh, for public policy. And, but again, it gets a complete pass, you know, from the board of, of just like the same way, you know, when we reported previously on the pay situations mm -hmm. and it was very obvious that, yeah, this, this wasn't communicated to the board. Mm -hmm. um, they did not vote for this in the budget presentation. There was not at these public meetings an update to help them better understand the different direction you went in. And when he finally acknowledged that and sort of looked Chase at the one meeting and said, you know, if I didn't communicate that clearly, that's on me and I take full responsibility. Oh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about anything. Um, so at, at one point, I guess you can't fault him because they're creating an environment, this, this board that was so concerned with Sherry Corrier's, you mm -hmm. know, reckless, uh, uh, you know, self-governance, if you will, um, is eagerly, you know, telling Administrator Hopes, uh, oh, don't worry about that now. You know, kind of take the ball and run, want to do whatever you want and just, you know, let us know when, when you think maybe we need to take a vote or whatever. Yeah. But very, very... Um, keep, me, keep me on the need-to-know basis. Just yeah. fill me in when it's important that I vote. I guess I don't know. Not, not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. Uh, real quick, let me say that the Bradenton Times is offering ad specials we've got opportunity for you to sponsor the podcast. It's only $99. Um, get yourself out in front of a whole bunch of listeners. It's a great way to support the podcast and the Bradenton Times. You can go to thebradentontimes.com and on the top banner, there is a section for advertising and we've got all kinds of uh, rate packages, um, whether you want to be online, whether you want to be on a podcast, whether you want to be in the email. They start all start at just $99 and it's not only a good way to get your business small business, uh, attorney practice, restaurant, whatever, out in front of our readers, but also a great way to use your dollars to support good local journalism so that we can continue to report on so many of these stories that you just don't find anywhere else. So again, look at the BradentonTimes.com, advertising on the top of the page. Next week, we've got um, Tuesday, we'll have the first school board meeting since the yes. settlement was made public Correct. with Cynthia Saunders, the superintendent, uh, who was caught in that grad inflation rate scandal where, you know, she was allowed to have a settlement that was, you know, fairly, um, we call it a slap on the wrist. It wasn't, uh, uh, considering what, what the violations were, I think she got off very easy. However, it'll be very interesting to see whether or not there's a move to, or a vote, um, to, uh, you know, fire her uh, or, that's gonna or yeah. even discussion discussion there's certainly gonna be public comment i can tell you that right you know, we did a story this week on how the both you know two kind of disparate political organizations the naacp chapter of manatee county and the manatee county republican executive committee have both called on her to resign and on the board to fire her if she doesn't so um certainly feet to the fire she's had completely 
you know, uh, impenetrable support from the board on through all of this and every other scandal that, that you know, the district has, has endured. Uh, so it'll, you know, for at least a majority of the board. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday. And I guess, you know, the only difference, you know, recently was that you had Hopes leaving and Hopes was probably the biggest or maybe second biggest cheerleader of uh, Superintendent Saunders. And in fact, told me, when this whole thing broke that he felt I was going to be very surprised when the decision came out because I would find out there was nothing to it. Of course, he was very wrong about that. <laughs> and the state took it very seriously and decided very differently. Um, but the, so we have his replacement, uh, Chad Coat. Um, is that right? That is Chad Choate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, his replacement from the governor um, the appointee who we also have a story he's announced he will be running to seek the seat in uh, 2022. Um, but that'll be interesting to see. Maybe he's the uh, the swing vote on that. So we'll we'll keep a close eye on that Tuesday. And then on Friday of next week, um, our podcast guest will be Charlie Kennedy from the school board. Hey, that's uh, exciting. So that will be timely. Um, of course, I had Charlie on last year. We did cut a great podcast and uh, we had a technical difficulty and the file got corrupted and I couldn't run it. And um, I felt horrible that he sat here for an hour and a half and we had a great conversation and it wasn't able to go on air. So uh, we're looking forward to getting Charlie back in and having a conversation on edu education. Uh, all that and more. Uh, if you're listening on Friday, check out Weekend Sounds, find out what's going on this weekend. Uh, hey, the, hey, can I tell oh, you one can, last thing? Can I finish thing? my sentence and then I'll allow you to... Okay, Say okay. anything you want. But but you'll be like, bye-bye, we're gone. Gosh, no, I won't. <laughs> um, we've got Tampa Bay uh, Blues Festival is happening on the waterfront in St. Petersburg, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. A little bit of cooler weather, too, so it'll be really nice out there during the day. And we've got a story on an upcoming event at Easter at which gardens? Oh, that's Sarasota Jungle Gardens. Sarasota Jungle Gardens. And also Journey and Toto coming to Tampa Bay. Tickets are still available and they're as low as $50, which you cannot find on a lot of tickets these days. So we got all that in our weekender and a whole bunch of good stuff in our Sunday edition. What did you want to add? I wanted Karen? to add, just because I don't think I mm. ever told you this part, the end of that, we're going back a little bit, the end of that town hall when I exited, not only was perhaps... Our friend Hopes show, called in to do his part. Police were out front. Ah, There was a sheriff car there. Now, it may have had something to do with the citizen that refused to give the mic back. Maybe, I mean, it was a little unruly. But I did take note that the sheriff had to be called. I'm like, you know, what do they say about it's not a party to the police are police called, get called or something? something gets broke. <laughs> um, so, Parrish, you know, listen, if, if you have any, you know, and for people who have moved here recently, if you have any history of that community, Parrish is a old Florida, you know, gem. It is a, it is a very, or I should say was, and this is what, what I'm getting to. Uh, it was a great example of what an old Florida agricultural community, a close knit rural community of people who a lot of them were, were uh, in different various forms of agriculture. But over the last 20 years, you know, even going back to 2000, you know, when I got, uh, got here, it was a place where people went when they wanted to adopt a rural lifestyle, when they wanted to have some acreage, when they wanted to have not a lot of cars driving by their streets, when they wanted mm -hmm. to have a yard for the kid to play with no fence on. Parish was a different kind of community. And 
it is becoming Lakewood Ranch very quickly. I mean, Pat mm-hmm. Neal at one point basically said his North River Ranch, you know, he wants to build another Lakewood Ranch up there. And then, of course, we had that recent, um, Sad- was it Saddle Creek? Is that No, what's the name of the... Uh, the 7,200 homes that were just recently. I'm uh, trying to remember the name of that one. Uh, were just recently approved out there where, where it was only zoned for 1,200. Uh, so the, they they have a lot of reasons, both infrastructure-wise, to say, hey, you know, we, we haven't got enough infrastructure to support the kind of development that you're lo- allowing out here. And again, very important, when government tells you, well, you know, these people on the land, they have rights. It's almost never that they come and develop the property as they are entitled to with those rights. They are almost always coming like that development and saying, hey, um, I have the right to develop 1,200 houses, but I'd like to develop 7,200 because, I don't know if you're aware of this, I can make a lot more money that way. Well, I don't think they say that. (laughs) That, That's the gist of it. And uh, the answer is almost always, sure, why not? Um, As if we just have a responsibility to meet all the demand for as many houses of people who moved to Manatee County. And the, the downside to that is, oh, there still are only so many roads. There still are only so many lanes. There still is only so many changes we can make to that at this point in the game. And it might have a profound negative impact on the quality of life of the other people in the surrounding areas. And, and now that surrounding area part is the reverberation of that development is being felt so much further because of overdevelopment nearby. You had these stretches in between that were kind of buffers in which you weren't throwing a whole bunch of cars onto the road. And now when it's just development on top of development on top of development, you go out on some of these rural roads now in, in the parish area and you're up there off 301 and there's just another gate opening up and pouring mm-hmm. more cars onto that same road over and over and over and over. And you just more gates, more gates, more gates, more cars, more cars, more cars. And this is the future vision that we're selling to the county. And they're, they're understandably saying, hey, not what we signed up for, not what we'll pay our taxes for, not the community we want to be in. And that is going to be the primary, I think, um, struggle between government and citizens over the next couple of decades is going to be the, the realization now is of stuff they approved 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, we're not even seeing the stuff they've been approving for the last few years yet. So it's, it's only going to get worse, not better. Mm-hmm. And I think those citizens are a harbinger of, of more of what we're going to see to come. Hmm. So we'll leave it there on a positive note as always. But anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your support reading the paper. Please like, share, follow us on social media. We appreciate it. It all helps. For Don Kitterman, I am Mitch Maley. Join us next week for the Bradenton Times podcast. <laughs>